Hi, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to the Tipsy Traveler podcast, where we talk about cocktails, travel stories, and how-tos. Let's get started. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Tipsy Traveler podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about some of my favorite travel apps. And before I get started, I do want to let you know there are a million travel apps out there. These are just the ones that I use. I'm not being paid to talk about them or promote them in any way. They're legitimately just the ones that I use when I travel or preparing to travel. So I don't want you to think that I'm getting anything out of this. I'm just literally opening up my phone and looking at the apps that I use that help me the most and sharing them with you. But before we get started, of course, let's take a moment and talk about our cocktail of the week. This week, our cocktail is a beer bee's knees, which if you know what a bee's knees is, it's a gin cocktail that's like honey and lemon and deliciousness. And this is essentially that, but with beer. So you take one and a half ounce of gin, a one ounce of lemon juice, three fourths of an ounce of honey syrup, which is equal parts honey and water that you boil to make its own syrup, and then three ounces of any kind of heft beer. So the other day I used like a lighter beer, I think we had Modelo, and it tasted great. So I don't think that you should get super caught up on what kind of beer, but as long as it's a lighter beer, you should be fine. And this drink is really good if you're looking for any kind of beer cocktail. I think sometimes beer to me is like just too easy to like sip on, you know, so I want something a little bit more complex and challenging. And so this is a really good spruced up beer. We almost always have all of these things on hand, so it was really easy to make really quick and not have to run to the store or anything like that. Alrighty, so let's talk about the apps that I like to use when I travel. I think one of the biggest apps that I use when I travel is an app just called Currency, and you can choose different currencies and have the exchange rate, and you don't need any kind of Wi-Fi to update it. So for instance, once you have a certain currency downloaded, say like Mexican pesos, you can go in and say like, okay, I just paid 24 pesos for something. How much did that cost me in USD or in whatever? Especially it comes in handy when you have multiple kinds of currency. So if you're hopping to a few different countries to keep straight, like, okay, this is how much I paid in one currency versus another currency, but then also this is how much it would have cost me at home kind of thing. It's like a little calculator, so you could do like different calculations on it. So for instance, if you're trying to pay multiple people different amounts and you want to know how much you're paying each of them, like in your home country currency, it's really easy to figure out. And I really appreciate this app because conversions don't always make sense in my head. (laughs) Like sometimes it's really easy. It's like, okay, three solid to one dollar Peruvian solace. That's a pretty easy conversion, but then sometimes it's like 1.4, you know what I mean? Or like 67 (laughs) to one. And it's like, how in the world do I keep track of this? So it's a nice little reminder, a little check-in of like, okay, this is how much I'm actually paying for something. It's also helpful to know how much money to take out if you're taking out cash, because for instance, 106 Kenyan shillings is about equal to a dollar. So you could take out 10,000 Kenyan shillings and like that's just about a hundred dollars but it sounds like so much more like carrying 10,000 of something around is just kind of like shocking to me. Anyway so it also is really helpful to start narrowing down like how much money you should be taking out either before you leave for a trip or once you get to a location. Speaking of which this is not an app but more of just like 
a general travel suggestion. Find a bank where you do not have foreign transaction fees, of course, but also foreign ATM fees. One bank that I know does this is Charles Schwab. You can get a card from them and anywhere in the world, if they charge you an ATM fee, Charles Schwab will refund you for it. So no ATM fees anywhere in the world, which is super helpful because if you're traveling and you need to take out money quick, you don't always want to think through, okay, I need to take out $100, but it's going to cost me $3 every time I do that. And so then you're adding up all of the fees that you're having to pay on top of just taking out your own money. It's been really helpful for me over the years because I don't have to think about it as much. I can take out $20 here, $20 there, $50 here, $100 there, whatever. And I don't also have to think through like, is this wise to take out this much money? Because I don't have to pay a fee. So I don't have to think through it as much, which is nice. (laughs) So check out Charles Schwab or any bank that you know will not charge you foreign ATM fees or foreign transaction fees. Both are important. Another app that I like to use that's just kind of a fun one is called Postagram. You can turn any of your photos into a postcard. And it used to be, I think, just 99 cents, but I think it might have gone up to like $2. But you can create it and write a little note and send it to anywhere, I think, in the U.S. and Canada and Mexico. I think anywhere in North America for $2. So it's kind of nice because you can be anywhere and because they print in the States, you can send it anywhere in the States, even if you're far away. So it's not like super, I guess, authentic. Like you're not buying a postcard from the place you're in and sending it from there. But it's kind of fun because you can put a picture of you, especially for like my grandparents. They like that kind of stuff, you know. The next two apps I'm going to talk about are like, duh, kind of apps. Um, And they're Google Translate and Google Maps. Even if you're not using the Google versions, you need some kind of downloadable translator and map. It's kind of a deal breaker. If you can't download it or load it in some way and use it off Wi-Fi and have it update your location or be able to enter words as you go to have them translate, it's kind of not worth it. Like you need to be able to use it in the moment. And especially if you're traveling without cell service. You don't want to have to think through every single time you stop for a drink or a meal to also get Wi-Fi so that you know where to go next. Like you want to be able to have it all loaded already. So that's why I like Google Maps and Google Translate is because I can use it without any service. But another suggestion that is not an app (laughs) is to have service. (laughs) I just recently switched to T-Mobile and while I really don't care that much about which cell provider I use. I like T-Mobile because they give you data and texting and talk, I think, all international. So like anywhere in the world, you can use your data. And I was like, so I can pay less than I currently do and I can have service anywhere in the world. So they got me. They got me good. But you definitely don't have to switch to T-Mobile. I'm not saying that you need to do that. But what I am saying is, especially if you are traveling for a long period of time, having a cell provider that will give you service in different countries is invaluable, especially in this day and age. (laughs) But also for safety reasons. I mean, I've been in lots of situations where I'm like, I really wish that I could use my phone right now because I feel a little uncomfortable and it would just make me feel a little bit more comforted to have the option to use my phone. So now I do. (laughs) So these next few apps are the apps that I typically use to find a place to stay when I'm traveling. If I don't know someone where I'm going or have something already kind of set up, 
these are the ways that I kind of start narrowing down where to stay or what that might look like. So the first one is called Couchsurfing. It's essentially an app that links you with other people who are willing to let people stay in their home. This app requires a lot of vetting, definitely a lot more time than just like booking a hotel, but it can sometimes be a free or very cheap place to stay. Most of the time people will let you stay there for free, but I always try and buy them at least a meal or a gift of some kind as a thank you. And I don't stay more than like two or three days. But especially when I was really broke, like when I was in college and like the year or so after staying in a hotel that was like $100 a night is not an option. And in some cities like Chicago, that's really all there was unless I wanted to stay in like a creepy motel. So staying with a local was a lot better and a lot more fun. I got to know some cooler local spots. And so couchsurfing has been really great for me over the years. You can reach out to multiple people and start chatting and really get a sense of who they are before you agree to stay with them. And please, please, please be smart. (laughs) I only ever stay with other females if I am traveling on my own. But it is a really great resource. And even if you don't use it to stay with people, they also have like events and meetup, kind of like travel Tinder, but without the hooking up. Like if people use Tinder to just like make friends, I guess. So it's like friend Tinder for traveling. This is making sense. (laughs) Another one that I use pretty often because I changed my plans last minute is an app called Hotel Tonight and it shows you hotels for tonight and I think you can look out in the future but it gives you like really great deals for things like tonight. (laughs) So as I mentioned I change my plans pretty often pretty regularly and I'm just kind of like a last minute person. I'm kind of especially when I travel kind of a procrastinator and I like just waking up and being like okay what do I want to do today and so Hotel Tonight is kind of a cool app that gives me that option to procrastinate and book something last minute. But I do also do a good bit of planning for some of my trips, depending on what part of the world I'm going to and what I'm trying to accomplish on that trip. So if I am trying to find a hotel to stay in, I've found that Hotwire has some pretty great deals and not always. So I would compare, but I've gotten some pretty good deals on Hotwire when they do the like secret hot deals or whatever they're called, where you can't actually see where you're staying until you book it. So it'll give you like four options of like what it could potentially be or like what the last people who booked it got. They don't make promises, but you can see like how many stars the hotel has and whatever else before you book it, obviously. They have some pretty good deals on it. And I think that's what we used when we went to New Orleans in the fall and saved a good bit of money by doing it that way. Most of the time though, when I travel, I prefer not to stay in hotels. I look for Airbnbs. As I've mentioned before, I definitely prefer to cook or have the option to cook at home. And so I don't have to eat out for every single meal. So having an Airbnb most of the time means that I have a kitchen. So Airbnb app is one that I go to very often. There's also one called VRBO that's very similar to Airbnb. Most of the time, the better deals are on Airbnb. Every once in a while, I'll find a good deal on VRBO, but if I'm being honest, I kind of think that VRBO is overpriced and (laughs) like more expensive than even Airbnb. So most of the time, I just stick to what I know, stick to Airbnb. Another app that I use pretty often is Hostel World. So when I'm traveling abroad, that tends to be my go-to is to stay in a hostel. The States don't have super great hostel experiences, at least not that I've discovered. So most of the time when I'm traveling stateside, 
I don't stay in hostels. I'll look for an Airbnb first. If I don't find anything I love, then maybe check out the hotel deals. Especially when I'm traveling internationally, hostels are my go-to. Definitely the cheapest option in most cities around the world. Though it does come with the added pain of potentially sharing a room with 10 other people. (laughs) But I mean, if you're paying a tenth of the price and sharing a room with 10 other people, like it's kind of evens out, right? And honestly, like I don't spend that much time at a hotel most of the time when I'm traveling, you know, I'm out and about doing things. So what does it matter where I'm staying? And this is probably the question I get most often is how to find cheap flights. And while I do use some apps like Skyscanner and Momundo, which is like M-O-M-O-N-D-O, I think is how you spell it. And even I've used Hopper before. The way that I tend to find cheap flights is literally just Google Flights. Once I decide that I want to go somewhere or if I'm just browsing around and want to see what's cheap, I'll hop on Google Flights and then I continue to do so and check in on it every day for a week or two or a month or two or however long it takes me to decide to book. So for instance, we go on a trip every December. I start looking generally in January for the next December and then I just kind of monitor them. So I get a good sense of how much they generally cost and then when they dip down a little bit, then... I go ahead and buy the flight because if they are normally $1,000 and I see that they're going for $700 right now, obviously I know that that's a big jump. If they're normally $1,000 and I see that it's dipped down to like $950, it's like, okay, well, I might consider buying, but I know that it's not a really great deal. A lot of it is just being persistent and being patient and being obsessive over checking for flights on Google Flights. <laughs> I also get emails from Scott's Cheap Flights, which it's free to sign up and get updates and you can choose the area that you leave from. So like your typical like home airport and Scott's Cheap Flights actually has a paid version as well that you can pay to get even like more exclusive deals. But honestly, like Unless you're a full-time traveler, I wouldn't suggest it because you get plenty of options on their free version. And even as someone who travels like fairly often, I don't even get to take advantage of the deals they do give me, let alone the ones that they don't. So I would suggest if you're not like a full-time traveler that you don't get the paid version, just like stick with the free version and check Google Flights for the locations that you want to fly to and I mean, because that's realistically what they do is they just have someone, probably multiple someones full-time checking Google Flights and other things so that when there are error fares or just like really great deals that they see them first. So you can do it if you want to devote the time. It's not like they're doing anything magnificent or creating any of these deals. They're just monitoring them and sending them to you. And I literally have like every single flight app known to man. I think I have like Alaska and Spirit and Southwest and American and Delta and like every single airline app plus you know, some of the other ones that let you search for flights like Skyscanner and Momundo and Hopper and all those other ones. But 98% of the time I end up going with Google Flights. It's really easy to use, really easy to check. Something I would recommend is using Google Flights in incognito mode or in a private browser so they can't track your history. I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard it quite often, which makes me believe it is true, that they will keep track of your searches. So if you're looking for a flight from Seattle to Paris and you search, they might show you like, okay, it's $600 when in actuality you could get it for $400 if they didn't know that you were already looking into these flights. You know what I mean? So I've heard that they like raise the price when they know you're interested. And again, maybe it's not true, but it's not that hard to use a private browser to search for flights. So 
A couple of the other apps I use are obviously Uber and Lyft. I use them quite often and there are some other apps around the world that do very similar things. So if I'm going to an area that doesn't have Uber or Lyft, I'll search and see if there's like a local version or at least, you know, look up and see what I need to know about the taxis because sometimes taxis are sketchy and sometimes they're amazing and you never really know when you show up in a location cold. So, but definitely Uber and Lyft, um, super convenient especially if you're in a country where you don't speak the language because you don't have to try and butcher an address and they may or may not get it right. You can double check the address three times before you enter it into Uber and so you know you're going to the right location. There's like way less of a chance of miscommunication, which I mean, sometimes miscommunication can be fun, but most of the time, especially if I'm somewhere where I don't speak the language and I'm alone, I just want to get to where I'm going as quickly and safely as possible. (laughs) And while getting lost can be really fun, getting lost while you're by yourself is a little scary. So I hope you enjoyed this little travel app roundup. I think that if you talk to 10 different travelers, you'll get 10 different lists of travel apps to use. Obviously, there are a ton out there, but these are just kind of the basics that I use to make my life a little bit easier. Next week on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about Antarctica again. (laughs) My very first Antarctica podcast was episode three. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, I suggest you go back and listen before next week. It kind of sets the stage for next week's episode. And I'm excited to share more about Antarctica with you guys because I know that's kind of like one of the things that I've done that's like actually cool and not just like in my own head cool. (laughs) But I think that's all I have for today, guys, and I hope to hear from you soon. If you have apps that you love and swear by, hit me up. Message me on Instagram. We're at the Tipsy Traveler official on Instagram and I would love to hear from you. Hit me with any kind of travel app suggestions and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye!